Go for it, Phil. Give Phil a warm round of applause. Welcome him. Woo! There we go. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Do you know what? I just love being in the house. Um, this is one of my favorite times of the week. Uh, I can't beat just being in the house of God with my brethren, my brothers and sisters have been in the awesome presence of God. This is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, do you know what? I'm going to read the scripture um, before we get into it. And it's taken from Luke 8, 43 to 48. Okay. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, who spent all that she had on doctors, and yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When all, they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she had been discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Okay, so before we get into it, there should be a QR code behind me. There is, that's great. So if you get your phones out and you hover over that QR code, it will actually take you to today's reading. And uh, we'll have some more notes there as well. It allows you to make your own notes, save those notes, and come back to those notes at, a norm at another time. It's actually quite, it's quite a cool app. It's quite a cool app. And um, the power of technology, eh? Uh, but today, I'm going to talk to you about the power of Jesus. Now, this is part of our Miracles of Jesus series, and we've had some wonderful sermons. I feel like I've got to shout out Pastor Nick and Jason and Kevin as well. We've had stories about the widow of um, name, and we've had the healing of the blind man, and we had Lazarus actually getting raised from the dead. And last week, we heard the story of the 10 lepers. And the thing is, these aren't even parables. These are real-life happenings that actually happened on this planet. Amazing stuff. And today, I want to talk to you about a lady, a lady who had been suffering with an ailment for a long period of time, a really long period of time. And because of her ailment, society said that she had to behave in a certain way and do certain things. And when she heard about Jesus, she said, forget this, I am going to get my miracle. I am going to get my miracle. And she touched the hem of his garment, and she was made well. And do you know what? I love the miracle. It's a fantastic miracle. As with all of Jesus' miracles, they're amazing. They're spectacular. They're awesome. But one thing I have to say, I really admire this woman's faith, her hope, her bravery, and her mindset. I think it was really awesome. Before we get into the story, I just want to share very quickly that I regularly tap into the memory of our BCC New Year celebrations. Was anyone there with me? Is anyone there? BCC News, absolutely amazing stuff. Now, I have to admit, at the start, it was a bit of a tough, tough gig. Um, I was part of the security team downstairs in the foyer. And as you can imagine, we haven't done this for ages. So we were absolutely ram-packed. Well, we were full. And I guess it's, it's kind of different to Jesus' day, back in the day, where you could absolutely ram-pack a space. We can't do that right now. So it was a pretty tough gig at first. But one thing I loved about that evening is that um, as we approached midnight, um, Chloe was serving me downstairs and she very graciously allowed me to go upstairs um, to see in the new year with my family as we approached midnight. So I, I ran up the stairs, well jugged, so I'm not that fit anymore. So I jumped up the stairs and uh, 10, 9, 8, 7, 
And luckily, my family were at the back, my wife and my two daughters were at the back. Six, five, four. And for those who weren't there, let me just paint the picture. It was a riot of colour, of noise, of joy, of good intention. And you know when the Holy Spirit hits the room and you get that kind of lightness in the atmosphere? There was a lot of that stuff going on. Three, two, one, boom! Celebration time. And I remember I was at the back dancing with my eldest daughter and I looked around this auditorium and it's almost like time just started to slow down a little bit. And I looked across the whole room, and it was like I was seeing different moments. There were some people absolutely going nuts, like arms all over the place, legs all over the place, shouting up and down and dancing, absolutely living every single second of that moment with God. There were some people who were doing the same thing, but they were like getting their phones out and lovingly wanting to happily document, or, oh my gosh, what's going on here? This is amazing. There were some people, I suspect, I suspect it was their first time at BCC, and were a bit like... What, what is going on here? Oh my gosh. There were some people who looked like, do you know what, they looked fresh. They looked like, oh, everything was like colour coordinated. They looked great. And it was almost like they wanted to get involved, but it's like, man, I'm looking too fresh right about now. I don't want to sweat up these garments. Oh man, what do I do? What do I do? There were some people, it looked like they were a bit tired. And I can imagine, if you're like me, you need a nap. They didn't get their nap and come towards midnight, they're absolutely lagging, they're tired, they're on their last legs. And do you know what, there were some people I suspect, I suspect, who were just grateful to be there. Like, do you know what, my 2022 was hard. God, I don't even know how I made it. My back was against the wall so many times. So I'm just going to stand here, I'm going to sit here and just bask in your presence. I am so grateful to be here right now. Can I just say, because I love praying for my church. I am praying that no matter what, how your evening went that evening, I am praying that your 2023 is going well. I know we're already in the month of February, but I'm praying that all your needs are being met and will be met for the rest of the year. Amen? Amen. 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 But what I love, what I love about this situation is that you can get so many people in the same room at the same time, depending on their mindset and depending on their circumstance, circumstance they react differently. And as a result, they respond differently. They respond differently. And as a result, they get different outcomes. And you know, as I was prepping for this sermon today, I felt like God was saying to me, Phil, I want to talk to you as you talk to the people. I want to talk to every single person here in this room and on live stream. I want to talk to the crowd. So whether, so whether you've been waiting for a miracle and it's been a short-term wait or a long-term wait, but you're, you're believing you're trusting, you have faith, or whether, or whether you're feeling like a bit of an outcast, and you know what, you could be a Christian or a non-believer at this point, but you're thinking, do you know what, if you knew my backstory, if you knew the mistakes that I've made, if you knew even the thoughts that have been going through my mind this week, well, brother, sister, stranger, friend, you wouldn't want to know me. And some might be like, do you know what, well, actually, Phil, my life's going all right at the moment. I'm feeling comfortable. I don't need a miracle. It's fine. I feel like God is saying, you know what, this is almost like a slow down to pause moment this morning. I want to speak to you, to everyone in this room. So don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. Don't focus on what the crowd is doing. Don't focus on even your circumstance or what society says, how you must think or how you must act. I want you just to focus on me. 
Look straight ahead and focus on me. Rest your mind on me. Because I want to move in your life wherever you are in this life. So put your faith in me. Put your trust in me. And I believe it really is that simple. There's three points that God laid in my heart for this message. Um, And the first of these points I want to share with you is that let's realize our permission as sons and daughters. So to those feeling less than perfect, actually the truth is no one on this earth is perfect. Amen? Amen. Not even me. And I know that's surprising, but not even me. I'm not perfect. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, if you're feeling like a bit of an outcast, if you're feeling abandoned, if you're feeling less, less than, if you're feeling rejected, let's consider this woman with the issue of blood together. Now, I realize I'm probably the least qualified to talk about this subject. You know, I've got four sisters who I grew up with. I've got my mother, I've got my wife. But at best, I can kind of empathize and sympathize with the discomfort, with the pain, with the tiredness, with the fatigue, with the difficulty, sometimes, or all the time, experienced by women when that time of the month comes. But this, this was on a completely different scale. Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about this woman having an issue of blood, a flow of blood. This woman was hemorrhaging. This was an ailment she had for 12 years. But aside from the physicality of this, Imagine what it did to her heart and what it did to her mind. Now, back in those days, this lady, according to Jewish law, would have been known as being unclean or dirty. And Leviticus 15, 25 to 27 tells us this. When a woman has a discharge of blood for many days at a time other than her monthly period, or has a discharge that continues beyond her period, she'll be unclean as long as she has the discharge just as in the days of her period. Any bed she lies on while her discharge continues will be unclean, as is her bed during the monthly period. And anything she sits on will be unclean, as during her monthly period. Anyone who touches them will be unclean. They must wash their clothes and bathe with water, and they will be unclean till evening. Now that to me sounds and must have felt absolutely brutal. Do you remember, I remember as a kid and um, growing up, um, normally during Easter, but sometimes I show it at Christmas as well. There's some of these films about Christ, and one of the films is called The King of Kings. Anyone heard of The King of Kings? It's basically the same length of Lord of the Rings trilogy altogether. It's a really, really long film, but it's a, it's a, it's a, great, it's a great film. It's a great film. And there's parts in that film where there are people who were known as unclean, would like try and like tiptoe around through the crowd, but if they were spotted by somebody in society, that person would say, unclean! Unclean, unclean, unclean. Just to let everybody know that someone who was unclean was walking in their midst. Don't touch them, unclean. And it would spread around the crowd. Everyone go, unclean, unclean, unclean. Do you know, I was, um, I was blessed actually by Kevin's message last week. And he, he taught me that actually there are some people who, when they were known as to be unclean themselves, they would have to declare themselves and being unclean, unclean. Her normal wasn't Hey you, how you doing? How's your week been? Hug, shake hand. She was stigmatized and isolated all of the time, perhaps even by her family. 
And mentally, I imagine that would have been absolutely devastating, even if that was her norm. Some of us, all of us, we might have experienced it at some stage. Some of us might be going through this kind of thing at this moment in time, at varying levels. And you know what? I hold my hands up. There's times when I have felt isolated. There's times when I have felt a bit of an outcast. You know, probably I've responded to something in the week. I could have responded to it better. And then for fear of anyone knowing about it, you know, so when you see me on a Sunday, you'll see me in the week. It's like, how are you doing? And I'll, I'll greet you and I'll show genuine interest in you, but I would dare not open up about what I'm going through. Can I just say, and I've always said this before, this house is a house of God and it's a safe space. Amen? So whether it's in devotion, at the start of service, or towards the end of service, you know, when we're having our altar call, reach out to him. No matter what your energy levels are feeling like, no matter how you feel, no matter what the feelings of doubt are, reach out to him, knowing that grace comes from him. You are loved. You are accepted. You belong. He wants to connect with you. Amen? You know, the enemy, the liar, the accuser, he will always try and attack our mind and our heart and our hope and our faith, and he will always try to get you isolated. Do you know what? You're unclean, you are. You're dirty. Why are you at church? You're not really a Christian. You know that when you go through these doors, outside these walls, you're going to revert back to type. You ain't going to change. But when this lady reached out to Christ, Christ felt the touch. Despite all the hullabaloo and the noise, Christ felt the touch. Do you know, this woman had a name, but I guess after 12 years with this ailment, she's probably known as that woman over there. But I find it beautiful, absolutely beautiful, that after the healing, Jesus calls her daughter. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Absolutely beautiful. Actually, um, when Jesus um, performs this miracle, he's on his way to see a, a little girl, and she's 12. And again, the Bible doesn't mention her by name, but her father is called Jairus, and she's dying. And by the time Jesus gets there, she's dead. Now, Leviticus 21, verses 1 and 2 says, The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, A priest must not make himself ceremonially unclean for any of his people who die, except for a close relative, such as his mother or father, his son or daughter or his brother. But Jesus takes this little girl by the hand, and Luke states that Jesus says, My child, get up. And her spirit returns, and instantly she stands up. The reality, the truth, according to the word of God, is you are a child of God. Amen. Amen. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. Amen. The enemy says, roll over, stay down, die. But God says in 2 Corinthians 66 verse 18, that as long as you want to come to me and turn away from the things that make you unclean, then I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Do you know, I remember, I remember dancing with my daughter 
right at the back there in the New Year's, NBC New Year celebrations. And the fact is, God wants you to dance in his presence. So reach out to him, come closer to him, and he will raise you up. He will give you real peace. He will give you real joy. He will give you true life. So the first point is, let's, raise, let's realize our permission as sons and daughters. My second point, let's practice faith and hope. You know, I'm always fascinated by the way that two people can go through the same thing at the same time, but depending on their mindset, depending on their circumstance, they react differently, and as a result, they get different outcomes. And I remember at the beginning of January, and I don't really do New Year's resolutions, but I remember talking to a church sister here at BCC, and we're just going through goals and aspirations for the year, and she was saying, basically, do you know what, Phil? I've realized that I can't do the same things that I did in previous years, do them this year, and expect different outcomes. And you know what? She's right. For me, personally, I feel like I need to have more hope, more expectation, more desire for things to happen. My faith is there. I know who God is. I know what he's done. I know what he's doing. I know he can do marvelous and miraculous things. But do we have hope? Do we even, do we really expect him to work on the things we pray for? This is for us to be honest with ourselves. You know, this woman, um, this amazing woman has been suffering physically for 12 years. The money's done. She's spent it all on doctors. She's desperate. She finds herself worse off as a result. Maybe, maybe her her thought process was, well, people don't want to know me. They don't want to be around me. But actually, I hear that Jesus is coming back around my area today. And I've heard of some of the miracles that he's done, and people swear blind that he's done them. Oh, actually, I see him right now, but he's been mobbed by the crowd. How do I get to him? I've got to, to get to him, I'm going to push past the crowd and touch people to get to him. Now, imagine if this crowd is like BCC New Year celebrations times 100. Pause moment. Put yourself in her position. What do you do? You're seen as rejected by society. You've been suffering for 12 long years. You are rejected. After doing all you can, giving all you can, you're in a worse opposition. What do you do? Now, me personally, I've thought about this a lot. And I don't even know how much you knew about Jesus at that particular time. But if it was me, I think I would have stayed on the edges. I think I would have stayed on the periphery. You know what? I've done all I can. I accept the position that I'm in and that it won't change. This is my life. I've been let down so many times before. And I'll be honest with you, my hope is done. So even if this Jesus Kai can perform miracles, even if he has done it for others, do I really expect him to do it for me? I would love to be healed. I'm desperate to be healed. But I don't want to be let down again. I don't want to risk looking like a fool. I don't want to risk being further tarnished because I've got to get to, get to those people. I've got to, touch, to get to Jesus. I've got to touch those people. Is that us today? We, of course, we believe in Jesus and all that he can do. We know that the Bible is the truth, the actual words of the living God. We sing, Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. But have we lost our hope just a little? 
for the situations, for the people that we're praying for, even if that person is ourselves. Faith and hope, they're not quite the same. They're intertwined, but they're not quite the same. It's quite possible to have faith and not hope. I think we see this a bit with Job when he's going through his trials and tribulations. But hope, it almost improves the quality of your faith. And as a result, it makes you braver. It makes you more expectant. Now Mark 5 verse 27 says, She heard about Jesus. Something stirred in her heart and clicked in her mind, faith. And at that time, she could have whispered, Jesus, have mercy on me. She could have. But hope gave her that slow down to pause moment. I don't look to the left or right, right moment. It's you and Jesus. Don't think about what anyone's thinking about you or saying about you. It's you and Jesus. Push through the crowd. It's you and Jesus. Hope and real expectation. It's you and Jesus. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, it's you and Jesus. Do you know, my youngest daughter, uh, like all true Thompsons, loves her food, right? And her favorite phrase to me is, Dad, I'm hungry. <laughs> and sometimes I think she's hungry, and sometimes I think it's just something she says to pass the time. But get this, everyday part of her faith in me as her father and my wife as her mother is that she's going to get fed three meals a day. She's not going to go hungry. She will get breakfast, she'll get lunch, and she'll get dinner. Her mindset is, based on our character as her parents, is that this is what happens daily. I'm grateful, I'm thankful, and I know those meals are coming. But hope for her, food-wise, is when she asks for some chocolate or for some cake, aside from those usual three meals. Based on her daily recurring faith in us that we will feed her, I hope, <coughs> sorry, hope is a confidence based on her faith where she feels she can ask, Dad, can I have, please? We know that we, you can have faith and not hope. But hope causes you to move and in some cases, be brave. If you're waiting on a miracle, if you're waiting on a miracle, I know you won't lose faith. But I encourage you, do not lose hope in anything concerning God. Remember, this is really important, remember... Faith in the Bible is confidence in God's character. Hope is a confidence in his promises. Amen. So let's look at some of these promises and some of his instructions. This is coming from the word of God. Romans 12 verse 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Proverbs 23 verse 18. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Amen? Amen. Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that he might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 31, which is actually one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Amen. 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 Hope 
caused her to move based on her foundation of her faith, even if her faith was new in that moment. But hope in Christ gave her renewed strength. In body and mind, gave her the strength to push through that crowd. Faith is that reoccurring thought process which says, I know God provides for us. Whereas hope is that direct intention of God, please provide for me on this. Like I said before, I know you will keep the faith. But I, am, I implore you and I encourage you, do not lose your hope in anything concerning God. Because his promises are true. Amen. Amen. So point one, let's realize our permission as sons and daughters. Point two, let's practice faith and hope. Point three, let's, let's be brave. Now, you might think, actually, Phil, um, I'm okay at the moment. I don't need a miracle. Um, I'm not feeling isolated. Um, I'm, I'm cool. I'm comfortable. And do you know what? That's great. Sometimes you have those moments when you're in the valley, and sometimes you have those moments when you're on the mountaintops, and you can't really complain about anything. We're comfortable, and that feels great. But for a second, I want you to consider that crowd that this lady, who Jesus calls daughter after he heals, you, heals her, pushes through. Now, we know there might have been Pharisees there, and we know what the Pharisees are like, but just imagine if Jesus was here right now in human form, and he was healing people left, right, and center at this stage. What would you be like? Have a think, because, and by the way, there's no condemnation on this, because I've thought about this, and I'm not even sure how I would react. What would you be like at the front, be like, oh my gosh, Lord, I'm coming here in awe and admiration. This is absolutely amazing. Wow. Would you run around the room, and be like, oh my gosh, Jesus is here, this is amazing, ah! Or would you be like, do you know what, I've got to get my phone out and record this, this is amazing, uh, oh my gosh, what is going on here? Upload, hashtag miracle worker, fantastic. <laughs> and do you know what, some of us might be like, do you know what, I can't even tell if this is real or fake. I'm not even sure. And do you know what, aside from the camera phones, aside from the camera phones, I, I'm guessing... There were similar scenarios going on in this crowd as this woman pushes through there to get to Jesus. This woman pushed past the edge of the crowd. Some of the people were just like, do you know what, I'm here just in case something happens and to say I was there when it happened. She further pushed through the crowd where people were just like, what's all the fuss about, what's going on here? And then before long, she was amongst all the people who were trying to press in and get to Jesus and she touches the hem of Jesus' coat. She was brave. She was brave. What she did was seen as exposing herself to the crowd when she was unclean. That was a punishable crime. Do you know what? I hate saying the word impossible, so I'm not going to say it, but I'm going to say it. I think it's very hard to be brave and comfortable. She chose bravery and made it to the hem of Jesus' cloak, which not only resulted in her healing, but actually also teaches us something special about Jesus, which is like Jesus, despite all the noise and hullabaloo, Jesus can detect those who need his power, which I think is really, really special. This woman, this woman has been consistently losing blood for 12 years, a long time. And the truth of the matter is, our society, our community, our world, 
our nation has been hemorrhaging for years. If you want to go to look at the, the media outlets to see the desperate headlines, get in your car, listen to the radio, walk the streets and see the desperation out there. And so, do you know what? It's easy to be overwhelmed and completely understandable to think, do you know what, Phil? I'll stay in the crowd, but I just want to be in my own lane. Let me just look after me and my family and my friends and my church. Because you know what, Phil? When I do that, it's comfortable, completely understandable. I'm in the crowd, but I'm not of the crowd. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And you know what? Sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes I feel that way too. But in thinking in that way, have we given up on the world? Have we given up on miracles? Have we given up on the hope that God can use us to change our society miraculously? Hebrews 11, verse 1 says, reminds us that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now we know that we can have faith in God and not have hope. But the faith that Jesus can use, the quality faith, even if that faith is the size of a mustard seed, that faith must have hope. God isn't looking for us to stand in the crowd, on the sidelines, slowly but surely getting lukewarm. Hope, hope is, hope is energy. Hope is movement through the crowd towards God's ideas. And because we're made in the image of God, because God calls us sons and daughters, just as Jesus calls his brave woman daughter, he calls us to serve, but not for him, with him. You know, I'm reminded of that church sister, and we discussed at the beginning of January, and she said, she said, I've realized I can't do the same things I did in previous years, do them years this year, and expect different outcomes. It would be easy for us to live our life as we did back in 20, 2022 and in previous years. But to say, I want to push on, to say, I want to change, to say, I want to get closer to Jesus because of my hope in him, that takes desire, but it also takes bravery because it's easy to go out those doors, outside these walls, and carry on as usual. Do you know, I'm also reminded of that church song, that worship song that we sometimes sing in our devotions. Spirit, break out. Break our walls down. Spirit, break out. Heaven, come down. King Jesus, your the name we're lifting high, your glory. Shaking up the earth and skies, revival. We want to see your kingdom here. That's our hope. We sing it. But if we are to move into that vision of what God wants, his kingdom here, that are sons and daughters living here, we've got to be brave. Now, bravery isn't about being rash or necessarily doing wild things. It's purely about accepting God's will for your life and trusting that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, irrespective of what's going on around you, and then moving in that freedom as you hope and have your faith in him. Worship team, I'd love you to join me on stage right now. Thank you very much. 
it sounds radical, um, because it is. The question I ask myself, and the question I'm asking you, is that are you willing to make that sacrifice? To effectively partner with God in changing the world? To be a part of God's mission? To step out and go into the world and spread the gospel? Which actually was Jesus' last instruction to us before he went to heaven. So I'm saying this right now and I'm looking around and I'm really, really hoping and praying that these words are reaching out to you and the Holy Spirit is doing the work. I really am. But as we come to closing, I just want to focus on those three points again. Let's realize our permission as sons and daughters. If like the lady with the issue of blood and you're feeling like a bit of an outcast and mentally you are exhausted. The reality is you are a child of God. The reality is we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. So reach out. Reach out. Second point, let's practice faith and hope. If you're in need of a miracle and you've been waiting long term or even a short term thing, keep the faith. Do not waver in your hope in God concerning any situation. Because the Bible says, the book of life says that he will give you joy. He will give you peace. He will give you strength. And because the Bible says it, God says it. So he will do it. And my last point, let's be brave. If you're feeling comfortable, if you're feeling comfortable, Jesus calls you to be brave like this woman with the issue of blood. Actually, just as he was when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was on his knees and the reality of what he'd have to go through on the cross, on the cross became more apparent. And he said, you know what? No matter what this world throws at me, this world is worth the sacrifice. God, your will be done, not mine. Maybe, maybe all three points apply to you. Maybe it's just the one. But as we go into a time of song, and a time of prayer. I ask you just to reach out to him, focus on him, because God is really saying this morning, son, daughter, do not lose hope. Do not lose the faith. I am the way, I haven't changed. I'm still the miracle worker, I haven't changed. Do you know, I'm reminded of um, earlier on in Luke 8, and Jesus' mom, and his brother's coming to check Jesus, see how he's doing. But they can't get to him physically because of the size of the crowd. And people next to Jesus say, actually, your mom and brothers are here. And Jesus says, my brother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and do it. So let's continue. Let's continue or at least start to be brave in our walk with him. Let's be active in this world. And with God... Let us completely change our society. And do you know what? It sounds radical because it is. But this woman with the issue of blood was radical. And look where it got her. So let's do it. My family, let's do it. And these are the words I leave with you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.